0: So we are in parables. We're learning from the parables, the stories that Jesus told as he walked from Galilee to Jerusalem, this specific section of the Gospel of Luke. Uh, but if you've ever read the stories of Jesus or even the teachings of Jesus, you've likely come up with this question uh, because it's just over all of them, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, there's no way to get around it, this term, the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven in Matthew. And you've probably wondered, what is the kingdom of God? Uh, is there castles Are there swords? I mean, it's, if you grew up in the church, maybe you're like, oh, yeah, that's that thing, uh, but here's some definitions uh, to help us understand. The Dictionary Britannica, which is really nice, it says that the kingdom of God is the spiritual realm over which God reigns as king or the fulfillment on earth of God's will. So he's talking about this spiritual reign of God and then being physically on earth. That's, you know, lovely. One of my old professors, Dr. Ray Lubeck, really great, theologian, he, he says this about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is anywhere and within any person where God's desires are uncontested, meaning that anything that God wants to do, all of, the, all of God's desires, his will, his passion for earth that we see in the garden, that we see at the end of the story, all of that, that the kingdom of God is where that's not contested anymore where that, that person, that place has surrendered and said, God, what you want, like your desires, manifest themselves here. Pretty great. Michie, Michelle, sorry, Lee Barnwell, uh, she's a professor at Biola. She's one of the preeminent New Testament scholars on what the context of the ancient world was like. She's also writes some really great stuff about the kingdom and parables. Uh, great book on that if you want to hit me up. But she writes this. She says that the kingdom of God is the great reversal of power, authority, of purpose. What she's describing is that the the strong uh, become weak in the kingdom of God. Those who are weak or seem insignificant are reversed. Those roles are reversed and begin to be declared uh, significant. Around authority, those who, you know, control and push people in, it's actually reversed in the kingdom of God that those who serve and those who give themselves up, like that—that that is the kingdom of God. There's a pastor here in Los Angeles, uh, Jeremy Treat. He's a really good preacher. He writes things too. So me plus some. Anyway, he says this. He says the kingdom is God's reign through God's people over God's place. So he's tying a whole bunch of things together that God's, God's in charge uh, of his people in God's place. And then that's what the kingdom of God is all about. And so there it is. Uh, now you can pass your kingdom of God exam. Like you could all, let's, you know, circle up, pass out the blue sheets of paper and the pencils, and you guys can write an essay on the kingdom of God. And you probably could. There's some smart people in this room. The problem with definitions like that, and I love definitions, is it doesn't actually allow us to enter into and understand the kingdom of God in the real world. Like those great, high-level, beautiful things Great, well crafted sentences. But what does it actually mean when I leave this place, when I'm interacting with neighbors, when I'm uh, driving down the road, when I'm in the grocery store, when I'm going to work, when I'm trying to achieve my career goals? What does the kingdom mean then? Uh, Jesus actually never defined parables or, or the kingdom, he only spoke about the kingdom in parables. Uh, Many of his parables are actually just trying to help us enter into that space, become aware, uh, see the kingdom manifest itself to be able to notice what God is doing in this world. He tells it in parables. And today's parable is about the kingdom of God. And it's in Luke chapter 13, verses 18 and 19. So Luke chapter 13, verse 18 and 19. It says, Then Jesus asked, what is the kingdom of God like? What shall I compare it to? It's like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his garden. It grew and became a tree, and the birds perched in its branches. That is the end of the parable, it's God's words. This is the parable of the seed. Uh, have you ever walked through a forest? Uh, last fall, Josh Bowditch and I took a, a, a long A dirty, wet, beautiful walk through the sequoias in Kings Canyon. Uh, We spent a whole night out there. It was really lovely. Many of you have done it as well. When you walk through that kind of forest, these giant, enormous trees, uh, you begin to notice all sorts of things. You can hear the wind uh, going through the branches high, high above. You can also see complete life cycles taking place in front of you. You see pine cones laying on the ground. You see the charred trunks of a forest fire that opens up those pine trees so that the seed can fall in you see little sprouts that look like branches that are just sticking up but they're actually new seedlings they're new trees uh becoming sequoias you can see it all you can hear birds you you can get warned about bears you hear chipmunks that you think are bears right And you can sit down and and feel all these creepy crawling things going through this lush soil that's been created by a forest that's been there for thousands of years. And all that you're doing as you walk through a forest like that is you're sharing in the life of trees. Uh, Jesus is talking about this kind of growth, uh, this kind of habitat that the kingdom of God creates. He says the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed that a man takes and he puts in the garden and then it grows into a tree and then birds come and perch on it. He's talking about how seeds have this incredible potential of creating a fruitful resting place. Like the last bit where he talks about trees, uh, birds come and they just hang out on its branches. You know, birds are just flying around through the air looking for somewhere safe, To land, right? I don't know if you've ever seen them. we would notice birds around here. You should. Birds are pleasant. They remind us that this concrete is not a foreign land, but a a land of earth. But anyway, the trees, uh, the birds fly around, and then they find somewhere to rest, and they find on a tree. And he's saying that the kingdom of God is like a seed that someone takes, and they put in the ground, and then over time, it grows into this beautiful tree that is a resting place, habitat of life for many, now, we don't deal with seeds very often in our world today. It's not our lifeblood. Uh, one of my favorite occurrences that happens as the seasons change is I get a magazine of seeds, and I get a look through the magazine describing seeds, super dorky, it's really wonderful, and then I decide which seeds I'm going to buy. But we don't, not, most of us don't live life you know, in the presence of seeds that much. But in those days, seeds would have been protected and nurtured and cared for almost more than children. Uh, They were put in clay pots. They were kept safe and dry in their homes. Their homes were really small. If there wasn't enough space for them to sleep inside the homes, they would sleep outside. But they wanted the, the seeds to be dry and safe. Why? Because seeds were the lifeblood. Without seeds, there would be nothing. But with seeds put into the ground, it's the the potential uh, of an orchard in those clay pots, the potential of a crop, the potential of a meal that could be enjoyed, the potential of a loaf of bread, the potential of a festival. That is the seed. The seed has all the essence and all that's needed to create a home, to create a garden, to create a grove of trees. That's what a seed is. It's pretty phenomenal. Put into the dirt. It will get to work, it will create, it will grow, it will become a place of life. The seed, the kingdom of God, Jesus says, is like a seed. Uh, I have some images uh, because when I hear mustard seed, I just see French yellow or Dijon or something like that. But this is actually a mustard tree uh, that someone took a seed, it got nestled into the ground, and it grew up into a tree like this. It's so beautiful, like in a, in a dry, desolate place, it's sucking up all the moisture and all of that. That is a mustard tree. What's really amazing is that what's surrounding it is a field of mustard flowers, that the seeds have, uh, the, the, you know, the fruit of that tree has spread out seeds everywhere, and now there's this beautiful thing of flowers sprouting up all of that. Here's another picture. It's the image of a grove of mustard trees because what happens then is the seeds fall and they become flowers, but then those flowers get stronger and stronger over time and then become a grove of trees. It's like a place where birds come and rest. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, it's really pretty. That's actually my question because we ask questions here. When you see those pictures, how do they make you feel? Peaceful? Calm. What else? A lot can come from a little. A from a little. Longing. longing for those days in the sequoias, or for <laughs> what are you longing for? A life that looks like that. A life that, looks like that. Yeah. Permanence. Permanence. Yeah. What else? Anybody else? How does it make you feel? It's a nice place for a picnic, yeah. Yeah. So out one thing and yeah. Mm-hmm. Say more about that. So like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm. That's so good. And a seed doesn't look anything like a tree. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. It's wonderful. Yeah, what does it make you think about the kingdom? If, that's, if Jesus is saying the kingdom of God is like that, here, you, can you put the first one up? Because that's the most peaceful looking. <laughs> yeah. Now, what do you think that means about the kingdom of God in your life? Remember when we talked about parables, we said that it's just, it really means something thrown out there. And then you as the listener have to interpret it, right? Do you all remember that way back when? So, yeah, yeah go for it, Jeff. Hmm. I was just reflecting on like all the seeds God planted in me that took like many years to turn into anything fruitful. And all the seeds that I planted through my life that I just was sort of like, oh, nothing happened there, and then you know you hear from someone ten years later or something. And it's just like, oh man, there's like so much going on that like I, I just have a hard time seeing. It's mm-hmm. like encouraging, it. it's hopeful, but it's also like, oh, wow, there's a lot. I just like don't don't see. Yeah. Mm. Okay, then there's more flowers from there, and that's just a long term. Mhm. Yeah. I wonder if there's something specific about a big mustard tree, too. Like I, look at this, I wasn't thinking, like, you know, all these flowers everywhere. It's like very comprehensive, total, like invasive, almost like I would want that in my backyard, you know. <laughs> but, like, it's the kids. It, gets it is a weed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. First planted mm. Yeah. Say more about that. <laughs> if you say something super deep, I'm going to say, say more about that. Well, it has to have, like, a ripe cultivated uh, soil. Mm. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. The frosts and the the floods and all of that. High winds. Absolutely. I um, yeah, I remember when we moved here like a years back. Um that I we came from Pennsylvania and trees were like so important to me. Um I just love trees. And it was just having to give up the idea of a tree moving to LA and um when we got to the house that we had not seen but rented, there was a massive tree in the front yard and it was just a reminder of God's like grace, like mm. Mhm. It would be more desolate, uh, you know. It'd be harder when a snowstorm comes for animals to find refuge. Mhm. How the kingdom of God transforms places and makes them beautiful, and and does do that because Jesus just—that's who He is. That's who God is. Mhm. That Absolutely, that's so good. Totally, yeah. Yeah, and I I think uh, there's going to be more questions, so I'll get ready. for. But the the seed has, all of that is so true and beautiful, that the seed has all the potential of creating a habitat and an ecosystem, uh, of life sustained, of life shared, of life cared for, uh, the kingdom of God, Jesus says, is like the seed that's put into the ground and then grows up into a tree and birds perch on it. Jesus is saying that the kingdom in your life has that kind of capacity, uh, a capacity to sprout an entire ecosystem where God's grace and his hope and his love rules, where all of his desires are uncontested and all that he wants to make and shape are sprouting up within you, that that's, the kingdom of God is like that put into your life. That the kingdom of God is also that put into your workplace. That you being there and that, that God planting you there is like him saying, I'm going to sprout something that's going to be a place of life and shared joy and shared peace. In your neighborhood, we don't all exist where we do because, uh, as Jessica just said, you didn't get that house just because it was a random you know, redfin fin. You know print out and Google search, but that God placed you on a street in a neighborhood planted there to grow and to give life it 's the same in your extended family with all of its dysfunctions and all of its wonderful things and legacies and all of those things. He placed you there in that family, the kingdom of God uh, sprouting and growing there it 's also true in our missional communities that each of our missional communities is really like a seed of the gospel planted among a people. Uh, in a place, and that that place can be transformed and it can bring life. Where the kingdom comes, it brings a resting place, a place of peace for many others, a place of fruit, which I think is so different than how we typically think of this word kingdom. I I think of wars and rumors of wars and battles and people trying to put up lines and boundaries between them. But Jesus says, no, the kingdom of God is actually like a seed, Put into the ground that grows into a tree, and birds perch on it. The other thing that some of you guys also notice is that uh, it happens over time in an actual place. Uh, everyone that Jesus told this story to, and now that we've seen the picture, we get it too, we would have understood that this is a process, that it doesn't happen overnight. This isn't a uh, magic beanstalk story where Jesus says the kingdom of God is like a seed that you put in the ground and then it grows up to heaven and you climb up on it. And then you see God the giant. I don't know. But he's saying it's not, there, there's no magical thing there. He's describing a process. In a few sentences, he's saying, he's talking about time in a place and longevity. And the kingdom of God is like that. Wendell Berry, he's a poet laureate, uh, great American in Kentucky in the middle of nowhere. uh, And that's what's so exciting that he keeps winning all of these writing awards. But he has this poem. It's a Sabbath poem. Every Saturday he writes a poem. And this is one of his. He says, and it's about the process. He says, those who gave thought to seed, to love, and the bringing birth must know the sightless underside of earth. It is spring, and the little trees that sprouted in the abandoned field two years and more ago, striving to grow half-smothered under the shadows of the tall weeds. Now rise above them and spread their new leafed branches. Nothing between them and the light sky. Nothing at all. Wendell Berry always makes me want to say, oh, But what he's talking about is the the actual process that that agrarians understand, that seeds are cast into an abandoned field, that it begins to fight and struggle against the other weeds, and then it finally rises above those weeds, and it grows into this beautiful thing. I think what he's talking about, too, is how life uh, does find a way in a specific space and time. And the kingdom of God, the process of the kingdom of God happens that way, too. And I want to encourage us in an obvious truth, I think it's obvious, that trees aren't transient, Uh, that trees aren't hurried. A tree isn't thinking, I must get faster and faster. Trees don't wander. Trees plug away year after year. The kingdom of God is not hurried. It's not wandering around. It's also not transient, here today, gone tomorrow, wandering all over the place. The kingdom of God doesn't go on vacation. It's patiently growing and bringing life. And then the way of the kingdom, the way of practicing, the way of following Jesus and giving your life to the kingdom is also a patient presence within the process over the duration of a life. In a world that really wants you to rush, like really wants you to, like, I sometimes feel like living in this world is like, sitting at a table in a restaurant that they have a long waiting list, and the waiter keeps coming up over and over again, hey, do you want anything else? Hey, here's the bill, no problem. Like, get on, we need this space. Sometimes living in this world feels like that rushed, hurried thing of like, hey, be here today, move on, we've got other centuries to go, we've got other innovation. we need other people in this spot, you know. The way of the kingdom is actually present doesn't want you to rush. We live in a world that wants to have our minds occupied with the screen and people and issues millions and millions of miles away from us so that we won't notice the people right next to us. We live uh, in a society that tells you that the good life, the truly good life is just a weekend away somewhere else, but not here. The kingdom comes though as resistance The kingdom is active resistance. The seed pushes soil away as it gets roots. It's the resistance of growing from small things, as you guys said, in one place and into rest. It's really beautiful that the the end picture is not of uh, Jesus saying, hey, and then that tree took over the world like a magic beanstalk. The picture at the end is a bird perched on a branch. Trees grow into habitats through a process. Uh, But for us non-arborists, and I looked that up, that's a tree expert, a tree surgeon. For us non-tree experts, I think it's important for us to know what Jesus' audience knew too. Because we haven't seen trees sprout up. We don't live in places where our grandfathers and grandmothers say, I remember planting this tree, and then it grew up into this. Like, we're disconnected from that process, right? Maybe some of you are, but are not, but I am. Uh, The the process starts with, and i got a list here, it's fun, scattering. Uh, A tree drops its seeds. It's scattered all over the place. And then it goes into planting. A gardener or a a tree picks up that seed, walks around, and then places it in the ground in a soil that will receive it. And then it becomes a seedling. It springs up through the dirt. Like you can actually notice it. You can see it now. It's a little wobbly. It's not super firm. Uh, But there it is. You can see it. Uh, Spreading its branches out beautifully. Nothing between it and the sky, as Wendell Berry said. And then it begins this process of maturing year over year. It begins to produce some leaves. It gets pretty secure in the ground. The roots are really established. This is just a little aside. Probably a lot of you know that, but know this. But the branches that you see above a tree mirror the roots beneath it. It's, it's just a direct uh, mirror above the earth and below the earth. And in that maturing phase, all of that is getting really healthy. So that's why you see all these branches with all of these leaves. And it's growing more and more secure. And then it's multiplying, the last phase fruit uh, new stuff is being sent out from it it's dropping all over the place year after year it's a shelter animals begin to nestle themselves in that tree for a lifetime there's a great book called the secret life of trees or hidden life of trees it's fantastic really dorky about a guy who takes walks through black forest in germany But he talks about how uh, the years and the centuries that a tree exists, how it becomes the fertile place of more organisms than all over the earth, like than people all over the earth. And that's what that multiplying phase is like. As you look at that list, I want to ask you another question: what insights does this give you about the kingdom of God in your life? As you think about that list, what insights come up for you? If any. I guess a bold claim that you're having insights. I think it gives me the, that it, the feeling that it's okay to be, a mm. be Absolutely. Yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that God is faithful through the centuries, through the years. Yeah. hmm That's good. Yeah, see the long thing over time, looking at people ahead of you and behind you and just be, in your own life. You're like, oh, yeah, that was a season. And then, yeah, totally. so Mm-hmm. So, like, I think, too, of that, too, like, so I grew up the of, like, each tree's like a miracle that Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, it's just like this reminder of like the vulnerability of it too. Um, and just like, I think there's like a joy and an excitement and like a mhm, like an awe. Like an yeah, thing. because like, I'm just thinking, like, Oh my gosh, if this was me, like, I would destroy that thing so fast. Right. Right, it's a little brave that Jesus says the kingdom of God is like a seed put in the ground. Because you could take the seed and just leave it in a jar and keep it protected and say, "Oh, there it is," you know. Uh, but but without the the movement of being a resting place for many, a, a place of peace. Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. Nice. You're yeah. making a place for it, and deer come along and eat the tops of it and put <laughs> it like shelters or whatever. But, but really, all you have is the faith that something come back out tomorrow, it's going to rain, and the earth is going to provide for it. It's going to take this tiny little thing, mm-hmm. this huge, massive thing, and birds and squirrels and everything. Yeah. Mm, totally. I mean, it's, it's okay. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. You are a real tree expert. No. <laughs> real tree. That's awesome. What kind of trees? Oh, nice. Fancy. Now vineyard. We'll have those parables soon. Yeah. Yeah. One other question. Oh, sorry. Go, Shannon. Mm. <laughs> That's so good. True maturity cannot be rushed. That was a good word. I guess to the question, it's making me think that the, the way I frame the work is wrong. Mm. versus do steps one through ten, and, like stack things up with intention and a lot of control. If mm. I look at the process on the left, it's not what's happening. Yeah. And so, yeah, it makes me think I need to have to adjust, adjust my expectations for how I'm involved in the process. And mm. The process will actually work so I can not maintain it. That. That's good. That's a good segue. Thank you, Josh. The next question uh, is what stage of growth are you seeing the kingdom come uh, in your work or your community or your neighborhood? Just thinking because we just said there's a lot of unseen things, and it's and you can't hurry it, and you can't rush it, and you can't uh, industrial revolutionize it, right? So what kind of what do you see as you think about your own uh, place that God's put you? Where do you see the kingdom coming, and what stage do you kind of see it coming? some question makes sense. I oh, will say like it, I'm not going to say exactly what I think it's different in different parts of my life. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that was really encouraging. Uh, I'm sure I could say a lot of other things about all lot other yeah. stuff. I think it's like all these different stages mm-hmm. uh you know what I'm saying? Absolutely, yeah. Definitely different and different parts, yeah. Mm. This mm. Um, not that like are good and rosy, but like I'm seeing, I'm seeing something like you described, right? Like I was seeing nothing That's awesome. Yeah, thanks for sharing. Mm -hmm. that was good super sweet one more That's so awesome. That is special. Six years of investing in little hands that become bigger hands and play, not just chopsticks. And yeah, that's so beautiful. Yeah. I think that the one thing I want to remind us of is that the kingdom of God is not on warp speed. Uh, Even if you think about that, God and the spirit is content to see his kingdom and his church grow over thousands of years spreading into different countries and languages and tribes and people. It's not on warp speed, and it's not on warp speed in our own lives, as Shannon said, too. Uh, It's not on the same calendar as us, but it is rooted in the place of our life, right? Uh, The the last thing that I love about this parable is I believe Jesus is telling the entire story of Scripture in these two sentences. Uh, More specifically, I think he's telling us his story in these few sentences, uh, the, the, the story of in creation that he's uh, with the Father, with the Spirit, hovering over the darkness of the deep and says, Let us make. And then they begin to make, even down to, to the day where it says, let us make uh, trees that sprout seeds and that have vegetables and all of that, and that it keeps doing itself. There's that part too. But even as uh, Paul writes in his letters, uh, that Jesus holds all things together, that he is the firstborn of all creation. Uh, even in the garden, I think he's, he's this parable, uh, at least to me in my biblical theological Perspective. He's talking about how there were two trees in the garden, a tree of life always, the fruit of it. You could eat from it always and just have life. Then there's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Then in Genesis 3, when they, the first humans eat of that tree, uh, and all shame and sin and brokenness enters into the world, uh, God tells the serpent this in Genesis 3.15. He says, I'll put enmity between you and the woman talking to the snake. And between your seed and her seed, he will crush your head and you will strike his heel. This is considered by far the very first promise of full redemption out of the suffering of sin in the garden. That God is saying, no, I will send a seed and a seed is going to come and it's going to crush the evil uh, and crush lies forever. The people of Israel grew and kind of became a kingdom, went into hard times, good times, then got into this really awful, rough patch, where then uh, they began to liken their whole existence to a stump, like a tree that was cut down. Then Isaiah 11:1 says this, that a shoot will come out of that stump, out of the stump of Jesse, out of the family of David, there's going to be a little shoot that comes out of that stump, and from the roots of its branch it will bear fruit," Isaiah 11 says. But with righteousness, he, this branch, will judge the needy. With justice, he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. And then Jesus himself uh, culminates his life on a tree. As Peter writes, 1 Peter 2, 24, he says, He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. Peter describing that Jesus is spread out on a tree that's now going to be a resting place, a place of peace between uh, God and humanity once again, that he is that tree. Uh, And he becomes the first fruits of, of resurrection. In 1 Corinthians 15, 20, it says, By now Christ, but now Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of all those who are asleep. That the fruit of that tree, of the cross, of Jesus's life, his death, his resurrection—he's the, the first fruit of a new life that has turned back death and evil forever. And then at the end of the story, in Revelation 22 verses one to two, I'll, I'll uh, read it, but I have to pull it up. Uh, there's a—he describes the city as uh, as Sarah was describing as well of this this time in the end where it's not just this Las Vegas city, but it's actually a garden. And he says this in 22 verse 1. He says, Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations." Jesus says the kingdom of God is like a seed put into the ground that grows and becomes a tree that is a resting place for birds. The kingdom of God is like the seed. And when Jesus says that, he's talking about himself, that I am the seed. I'm the one that was promised way back to Eve and Adam and the serpent. I'm the root that came from the the, the stump of Jesse. I'm the one that that grew and And flourished. I will become the tree. I will lay my life down for the fruit and the resting of many, and it's going to be restoration and peace. That the picture that we saw before—I think what uh, ignites in us so much hope of the tree and the the flowers—and like, let's just have a picnic there—is it's a picture of what the gospel does in us. Amen. And so, the calling of every Christian is to notice the kingdom process in your everyday life and then join it. I think that's why he tells us these parables, so that we can notice it, that we can be patient with the fact that we, we don't see the work happening right now. To call us to notice uh, when there is that seedling, to notice that maturing, to become active participants in it, uh, to surrender our lives to that kind of kingdom growth, to give it Your all, Jesus says as well in Matthew. He says, "Seek first the kingdom of God, and all things will be added to your life." That's what we talked about with the first parable of a man who puts their head or their arm around a plow. That you orient your whole entire life on that kingdom. And church, I think that there is some latent kingdom potential in this room. It's ready. It's prepared. There's a tremendous capacity to become a resting place, a place of salvation, a place of peace to many others in this city. Uh, There's an overflowing of grace. uh, There's an overflowing of joy that can exist through through the latent potential of the kingdom in this room. Uh, The kingdom of God is like a seed planted in the ground. It grows into a tree and birds perch on it. Let's be that kind of kingdom participants in this city. Let's pray.